Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome back to Extra Credit. Thanks for having me. The state, Jacqueline, has made a big push around juvenile justice reform over the past decade or so. And one of the things it focused on was process. So there was a time not too long ago in the state where teenagers who committed crimes were tried and sentenced as adults. But that's changed over time. Most juvenile offenders now under the age of 18 will be tried in a system designed for juveniles. How has that worked out? Connecticut back in 2009 changed the law to rethink who goes to the juvenile justice system. In 2012, it rolled out where fewer youth would be considered adult offenses. Hmm. So there's certain crimes to be sure that like murder would still end up in the adult correction system. But things like low level assaults or other offenses like trespassing and other sort of more nonviolent offenses would end up in the juvenile justice system. Before that change of law, about 75% of youth who were in the adult correction system, there was a study that was found at the time that about 75% of those in the adult system weren't getting rehabilitative services. Mm -hmm. So the attempt was to get them in the juvenile system and get them the services that they need. Was there a noted change in recidivism, which is to say that the, the, the number of kids who young people who would leave prison and then come out uh, and would recommit a crime. Did we note a change in that? So Connecticut's really awful at data. The state's juvenile system was CJTS, Connecticut Juvenile Training School, which just recently closed in July. But they, for years, didn't know what the recidivism rates were. They only tracked youth who were in DCF custody. They didn't track what happened to them once they're no longer in DCF custody. Mm. You know, they're not committed anymore. They're you know, there's someone else's problem. That said, the number of youth who are being arrested each year has declined significantly. The number of youth who are being incarcerated each year has declined significantly. So there's a lot of indicators that are headed in the right way. But on that, you know, that critical one about recidivism, it's kind of hard to say what happened over those years. Okay, well, before we leave this topic of juvenile justice, uh, we could spend a lot of time talking about it. There's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Changes. This is all changes in policy when it comes to law once a, a, a young person has committed a crime. We also have a lot of discipline problems or discipline issues, rather, in schools. Sometimes those can be dealt with differently. What's What has changed when it comes to expulsions uh, in schools? Sure. So looking at the school-to-prison pipeline, advocates will often say that it starts with keeping kids out of school through suspensions or expulsions. And so in recent years, there's been some attempts to really restrain when students can be expelled from school or can be suspended from school. So it started with restricting when students can be suspended. So they can only be suspended for violent offenses. And then it moved to expulsions. Let's have some standards for when a student is expelled, they need to have an alternative education setting. You can't just send a kid home who's expelled and say, I hope they don't get into trouble while they're sitting at home all day, every day, and not having a structured learning environment or any alternative. So now the state of Connecticut has issued these guidelines that require school districts to provide some alternative and, and not just an undefined alternative. There's some standards as far as what type of alternative education setting you have to provide. Jacqueline Rape Thomas has spent years covering child welfare issues and education, both of which she writes about for the Connecticut Mirror. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me.